Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Good morning, family. How you guys doing this morning? Happy almost New Year, all right? Happy New Year's Eve. And um, before we jump into the Word, you guys can go ahead and open up to Isaiah 43. Um, before we get into the Word, I just want to uh, share with you guys, share with the previous services. Um, I, knew, I knew Pastor Ed vicariously through some friends. And so uh, back in like 99 or so, I was going through Bible college um, and there was a lady in the—I was in Bible college, and I was working in the lunchroom at Calvary Downey, and there was a lady there that was going to Ed's home study. And so I remember when Ed went out the first time, I guess he went out to plant something that didn't work out. He ended up coming back to Downey, and then he was doing the home study again. Then he went out a second time. And I remember in that group, we would pray for Ed. I remember we were praying for Ed, Marie, and the kids. I had never met them, but I just remember it was Ed, Marie, and the kids, you know, and, and they were going to be moving to Colorado and taking steps of faith and all these things. And so um, I just have to tell you that just for me coming here, uh, like I could say I remember when like all of this, I remember when this was just a prayer uh, that a guy was stepping out in faith to move his family and see what God would do. So as I've been in each service and I've listened to people worship the Lord and I've looked around, I, my faith has been encouraged at what the Lord has done in these years. Amen? And so uh, it's, it's been a blessing and uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys. So uh, we're going to be in Isaiah 43, uh, verses 18 through 21. I titled today's message, Out with the Old. Um, y'all finished that statement for me. Out with the old and what? Well, it's, it's going to be a new year tomorrow. So this is a great day if you got some old stuff that needs to be left behind. Uh, if you got some, some sin, some disobedience, some, some lack of faith, some, some things that have hindered you in being all that God wants you to be, this would be a great day to acknowledge those things and bring them to the Lord and move forward into 2018 uh, the way God would have you to. Amen? And so let's read through. I'm going to read uh, Isaiah 43, um, but verses— uh, 18 through 21, and then we'll, we'll get into our, our message this morning. So Isaiah 43, starting at verse 18, uh, this is what the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah. He said, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. And so, Father, we ask that as we come before you this morning, as we spend this time in your word, we pray that you would open up your word to us, Lord. We believe it's living and powerful. God, I pray you would speak to each of us the things that we need to hear from you through your word this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Well, as we look at, I, I, I like New Year's. Um, some people don't like resolutions and things like that. I like the New Year for this reason. It's a marker. Um, every New Year, 
I'm able to look back at the previous year and this time last year, there were some things I was praying about. There were some things I was hoping to do better this year. There were some things, there were some victories I was hoping to get. And so I'm able to look back now and see how, how did it go? How did I do over this last year? Did I get all the victories I was trying to get? You know, has it been a, a fruitful year? Am I better in my walk with the Lord? Um, it's just a good marker to look back and reflect, see how things have gone. Um, but also, um, as, as the Lord has graced us to be here, moving into another year, I want vision moving forward. God, what do you want to do now? What, what do you have for me this year? What is, what's my focus to be upon this season of my life? And so um, I know that many times in order for God to do a new thing, there's stuff that's got to be torn out, like, you know, things that's got to be torn up and broken out of the way. Uh, when we left home, we have a, our, our home we got about two years ago, uh, the driveway was all jacked up. So our driveway, when you drive in, there are parts where the cement is here and the other cement is way up here. So if you don't have a four by four, you're going to tear up your under all, I, I would tear up mufflers and everything else underneath your car. And so when we left, there were guys there that were tearing it out. So yesterday, my daughter sent us pictures and they did it in one day. They tore out the whole driveway. It's just dirt there right now. And here's the deal. We could not have poured new concrete on that jacked up driveway that was there. In order for us to get it right, everything had to be torn out so that it could be laid fresh and laid new. And I just, I bring that up because for many of you guys, God wants to do a brand new work in your life and he's not going to do a new work on top of your old mess. And so if there are things that you need to repent of, lay down, you know, put aside so that God can begin anew and afresh. I'm inviting you to just open up your heart to Jesus this morning, that he could do a brand new thing in your heart and in your life. Amen? In the section of Scripture we're looking at in Isaiah, just for some context, God is speaking to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. The people of Israel, these are God's chosen people. These are the people that God chose. And anybody here that studies your Old Testament— um, I read the Old Testament and I wonder, I've read, the, I've read many times and wondered, God, why did you choose them? Right? They don't choose you back. They mess up all the time. They keep going the wrong way. You do miracles for them and then they complain and they worship idols and God's like, no, nah, but I chose them and I love them and I want them and I, I want to I redeem them, restore them. I want to do good for them. And so I, I'm blown away at God's goodness towards the people that he chose. And it ministers to me, right? That's, it, is, it, is a, it is one of the greatest pictures of grace because grace is God just, I'm bestowing upon you what you don't deserve. And God demonstrates grace in his love for Israel and his, what he, all that he's done for them because they haven't really been good to him back, but he's continuing to be good to them. He's continuing to reach out. And in our chapter today, this is coming off the heels of moral disobedience from them. And God says, guys, we're going to do a new thing. And the first thing God tells him in verse 18, he says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. And he says that for good reason, right? You guys, forget about the past. And for them, the things that they were going to be being told not to remember, the former things, the things of old, this is their disobedience. These are their failures. God said, forget about all that. And he's going to tell them in just a moment, we're going to do a brand new thing. But I, I read that as I was, I was praying about the opportunity to come here and be with you guys and it being the new year. And this is, the Lord just brought me to this, that as, as we move forward, God said, look, I'm getting ready to do a brand new thing, but first, forget about the past. Forget about the stuff back there. Let's, let's forget about all that. And 
I'm aware of this, you guys, that it's, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that enables you and me to forget about everything that's back there, right? Many of us have things in our past. Maybe you got some things that in, in your yesterday that are shameful, that you don't want to carry on. God, it's, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that enables us to, to put some things behind. Because we, we celebrated communion just a moment ago. The Bible says the blood of Christ is able to cleanse us from how much sin? All sin. It's able to cleanse us. We're able to go fresh. We're able to move forward anew. And so just as God tells him, forget about that. I'll deal with your—I'll deal, deal with last year's disobedience. Can we just move forward from here? And I believe there are people here this morning where God is saying, I want you to forget about last year's. Let, would you bring that to me today? Would you let me forgive that today? Would you let me wash that in the blood of my son today that we can start brand new, that we can start brand new? And I, I want you to know that God will begin a brand new work in your heart and your life today. God doesn't discriminate. Um, it seems like bad people are God's favorite. Um, you know, I'm not encouraging you to be a bad people, but if you showed up today as a bad people, God will take you. Um, he got a thing for bad people. You know, people that messed up, that are doing it wrong. God has a thing for taking broken lives and just restoring them to better than they've ever been. And so while the gospel of Jesus Christ enables us to do that, even for the believer, there are believers here today that this haven't been the best. You're looking back over this year, and maybe there's some things that you, you'd like to be better moving forward. Um, maybe some of you here today, you're saying, you know what, my marriage, how many married people do? Can I see a show of hands, all the married people? Raise your hands. Some of y'all were slow, so you're not proud, okay. <laughs> some of y'all raise your hand like, I guess I'm married. I'm not sure if I'm married. How many, can I see the single people? All the single people, right? I just do that so y'all can look around real quick and know, so I want y'all to know each other. All right. So know you're fishing in the right ponds. All right. So for you married people, right, there can be a sense. Maybe you're here today and maybe as you look back over this year, this hasn't been a great year in your marriage. Maybe you struggle. Maybe it's been horrific. Uh, maybe you're sitting here saying, I don't want another year of marriage like this. Well, how do, how do you move forward in newness? Much like we do with the Lord, we bring our sins, we confess them, we acknowledge them, God forgives them, and we leave them behind and we move forward. Um, if you're here and your marriage is in that kind of place, could I encourage you not to leave this place without coming and saying, I'm, I want prayer for my marriage. And if they won't come with you, come by yourself. They can pray for them while they're in the car. But come get prayer for your marriage, that God would help you guys to move forward. You need God's help. Um, but it will require, if you're going to move forward in your marriage, there's somebody's got to repent, somebody's got to forgive, and everybody's got to move forward uh, and give God opportunity to do a brand new thing. You can't have a new marriage focusing on last year's mistakes. Amen? And so that's just a word for some married folks here that you want it to be better. That's how God's going to do it. Maybe for some of you guys, uh, as, you, as you're at this juncture in your life, you're looking at ministry things. And maybe there are people here today that God has stirred up your heart to do something for Him, and you're just sitting on it. And maybe here's another, another New Year's coming by, last year came by, the year before that came by, and there's things that God has spoken to you, but you haven't really taken any steps of faith. You haven't really been willing to, to step out there or to really pursue the things that God has spoken to you. May last year be the last year that you sat on the Word of God in your heart. May, may this year be a year where God will stir up your faith to go ahead and take a step. Whatever He's called you to do, don't waste this life. Don't waste this year. We need to redeem the time, you guys. The Bible says we redeem the time for the days are evil. And so if there are things that God is putting your heart and stirring you to do, that you let this be the year where you take some steps of faith. 
Say, God, I'm going to trust you beyond what I can see and see what you'll do. And so, as God is speaking to Israel here, uh, he wants to begin a fresh thing. Uh, he opens up with them with saying, look, let's put this behind. Um, and, and God wants to do a new thing in them, for them, but also in them. And um, you guys have heard there's an old, the old adage that says, you can't teach an old dog what? New tricks. Caesar Milan says that's not true. Uh, so he's got a whole show where he teaches old dogs how to be better. So it's, that's, even though that thing is, is, everybody knows it, it's not true for dogs. And the Bible says it's not true for us either. And I want to just point this out to us that you may have been going the wrong way for a long time, but God can start you over brand new today. There are people that went the wrong way for a long time, looked like they would never get it right, looked like it would never turn around. God has a way about taking people that have been going the wrong way for a long time, and God just does a radical work. There's nothing God can't do. Uh, in my own life, you guys, I grew up, I was not a believer. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't have any influence of the Lord in my life. Um, and so I grew up just, I really just wanted to have fun. That was my, if I were to characterize myself, I wanted to have a good time, which led me into sexual sin, which led me into a life of drunken and partying. Um, when I was, the year I got saved, this was the condition I was in when I got saved. I was living with a girl that I wasn't married to. I had a child out of wedlock, had a baby. I got drunk every day. I sold weed and I did credit card scams and I partied. That was my life. I wasn't pursuing God. I wasn't looking for the Lord. Um, I wasn't seeing how I might, you know, find out who God was. And God in his mercy for me sent me a friend that I grew up with in my apartment building right upstairs. And this guy would come down and share the gospel with me. And I would hear him because he's from the neighborhood. This is my guy I grew up with. And so he was, he was a perfect candidate to talk to me. And he would share the gospel. And this is what the Lord did through him. God used this guy to convince me that I was going to hell, but I didn't have to. And something about the love of God, you know, people would tell me, oh, God loves you. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't really compelling. But there was something very compelling to me about the fact that I was going to hell because I thought I might die soon. And understanding that man, hell is the penalty for living like you're living, but God would forgive you. Um, it, it, it made the gospel desirable to me. And in October of 1995, I gave my life to the Lord. And I, I surrendered my heart to God. I asked God to forgive me. Um, amen. And I could, I could mark that year. I could mark that period. I could mark that time in my life. And God just, how he turned everything around. God delivered me from alcoholism. Um, God spoke to me right away. I couldn't be selling weed and doing illegal stuff for money. And I got a job. Um, you know, God spoke to me about my, 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 you know, running around with all these different girls. And so, Two months after I got saved, God brought me my wife. Um, she didn't know she was going to be my wife yet, but I, I had kind of locked in on her. I'm like, that's, that's going to be my wife. She's here with me now. I've been married to her 20 years. Thank Jesus for that. And then something I never had had, I never really had this, like a distinct purpose. I just kind of meandered and did whatever I felt like. But it seemed like when I gave my life to the Lord, God began to give focus and purpose to my life. There began to be, I love the Word of God. I had a love for God's people. I used to drive my car and preach sermons to myself. And, you know, the, lo and behold, God would call me to be a minister of the Word, and God gave purpose to my life. And so I share all that with you to say that God will take someone from wherever they are, right? That the moment you turn to Him, God is away. God will, God will start cleaning up the old. 
right? God took me as I was, but God said, okay, we're going to deal with the drugs and deal with the alcohol and deal with the set. We'll deal with all that stuff so I can get you moving this way. I got, I got a plan for your life. And so maybe you're here. Maybe by the grace of God, you're here and God is speaking to you today that today for you is that day of turnaround. Today is for you today where you get forgiven and you receive Jesus and God begins to make your life everything he wants it to be. Don't fight that. Some people fight that. They sit through an invitation, an altar call. And you know, if you fight God and win, you lose. Don't fight God. Just yield to God. If you fight God and win, you lose. So don't fight him. Just yield, surrender, receive every good thing he has for you and do it today. Amen? One thing that it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when we give our lives to Christ, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And what? Behold, all things become new. God says, when you give your life to me, I make everything brand new. The old has passed away. I don't, I, God doesn't look at me based on what I was. God says, I make everything brand new. Only he can do that. And, but we got to come to him and enable him to do it. If you're writing notes, I'd like you to write down Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And in Philippians 3, the apostle Paul from prison is writing a letter encouraging some believers in, in Philippi. And this is what he said, right? Now, Paul, for you guys that know his story, before he came to the Lord, Paul had some pretty messed up stuff in his past, right? Paul had persecuted the Christians. Paul was responsible for the first, uh, first you know, known martyr of the church, Stephen. Um, Paul had some things on his record that would have probably been kind of a, you know, once he got saved, I'm sure he would look at those things and be really ashamed and embarrassed of. This is what Paul says in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. And I would point that out to you guys, everybody here that's born again, you're saved, that Christ laid hold of you with purpose, right? You're saved. You're not just saved to go to heaven, as great as that is going to be. I'm glad I know that whenever I die, I'm going to heaven. But understand that God has saved you with purpose here and now. There's something He wants to do in you, with you, and through you in this life. I don't care if you're in this room, if you're 10 or if you're 110, if you're living and breathing, there's purpose for your life in God, here, now. And you want to pursue Him for what that is. Then He said in verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He says, but one thing I do, and this is so critical for people that are going to move forward. One thing I do, forgetting the things, those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. He says, I press toward the goal of the upward, of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to know, he says, forgetting the things that are behind, I'm, I'm reaching for the things which are ahead. And I believe that in order to you know, reach for the things that are ahead. Many times you got to forget the things that are behind you. Anybody here that runs track, you know, if you got some, a, a kid running track and if they get ahead, the thing you don't want them to do is look over their shoulder and see if, see if the kid's catching up to them. Because you can never run your fastest forward while looking backwards. You just can't do it. Um, the, the moment you look back, you just slow down. So I, I know that I don't look like a track and field person. I just know how it works. And so... <laughs> You know, in order for us to move forward, we do many times have to leave behind and forget about the things which are behind. And I've seen this in ministry context because Christian people, 
tend to be religious folk. And many times, the enemy of the new thing God wants to do can be the old thing that he was doing. And maybe God was doing something five years ago, and that's how he was doing it then, but you don't have ears to hear him fresh today, because that's not how we do it. We do it like that. And maybe you come from a tradition where we do it like this. Um, be, be, be careful that the, the old thing God was doing, don't let that thing get in the way of the new thing God wants to do. Because historically, God's people have done that, right? When God said the, the gospel went to the Jew first, and then it went to who? The Gentile. Well, the Jews had a problem with that. That's not how it used to be. And now you got Gentiles, they just going to get saved and come to church? Um, you know, there's whole books of the Bible written because they were having a hard time accepting this new thing. God was, God was just letting Gentiles get born again. And there were Jews that were like, nah, they got to get circumcised or something. They got to do, they got to, they got to follow some rule. It just don't seem fair to us, you know? And so the, the new thing God was doing, which was great, bringing Gentiles into the church, it was, it was challenging because of that's not what it used to be like. When God brought, when the New Testament came, the new covenant, that was hard. Th these Jews, they were so used to their rules and regulations and everything else that were supposed to make them be glad to receive Jesus. That when Jesus came and said, look, if you just would believe on me, right? That's the deal now. Believe in me, put your faith in me. They had a hard time with that. They're like, no, we, we got rules and traditions. And you did that on the Sabbath day. They, you had these people correcting Jesus for, for how he did stuff. You know, you, you healed that man on the Sabbath day. That was the wrong day to do a healing. You know, we gonna tell. And um, again, the enemy of the new thing was the old thing. Be careful. Be careful that you, you know, God, maybe 10 years ago, God was doing something in your life. Praise God. But what's he doing today? All right, what's he doing in your life right now? You don't want to be like the, you know, I used to play football and uh, I'm always careful about telling football stories. I, I kind of, I'll talk to some guys and they still live in the glory of, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I'll be out there tearing up the field, man, just running people, you know, you looking at them and like, it don't look like you ran no field in years, you know, you, you talking about it like it was yesterday, but I'm looking at you, bro, it don't look like you run anywhere, anytime in the, the recent future, you know, and so be careful that that's not your relationship with the Lord, you know, yeah, you know, man, 10 years ago, I was, I was sharing my faith, leading people to, what are you doing now? What's the Lord speaking to you today? What's happening right now in your relationship with the Lord? Because He's the living God. And God's, your relationship with the Lord is living, it's active. That God, is, God will speak to you every day if you're open to it. You know, they got the Bible reading plan. We do the similar thing at our church. If you're taking in the Word and you're praying every day, I'm telling you, God will be speaking to you new and afresh, and you want to have ears for what He's saying. Uh, that God might continue to give fresh vision and fresh direction, and that you wouldn't become some old, stale, hindered believer looking back at how it's always been, but you'd be looking today and saying, but this is what God is doing today. Praise God for what He did over there, but right now, this is what we're doing. Uh, over in Mark chapter 2, verse 22, um, Jesus said that you got to put the new wine in the what? New wine skin. Because if you put a new wine in an old wine skin, it'll burst and make a mess. And He said that in regards to the religious system, because Jesus' disciples weren't doing things like other people's disciples. They were kind of having a good time, and they were like, this don't seem right to us. And Jesus said, you can't put the new wine 
in an old wineskin. You got to put the new wine in, in a fresh wineskin. So we want to be fresh wineskins that the Lord can pour in. Now, I'm not telling y'all to go drink wine either. You know, so don't, don't y'all miss. The pastor said we need to get, I need to be a new wineskin. So don't, 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 don't y'all, don't y'all have New Year's on me, you know. Uh, <laughs> fresh vision and word from the Lord is what I'm talking about. Amen. Just got to be clear how people be using your words. I don't, don't want to be at your New Year's celebration. How my, the pastor said, I'm a new wineskin. Moving on now. It says now in verse 19 and 20, look at it with me. After he told them to forget the former things, nor consider the things of old in 19 and 20, he said, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. And I want you to notice all of the, the, who, who the where the energy and the strength for the new work, where it's coming from. God says, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm going to give water in the wilderness to give drink to my people, my chosen. I just want you to note that while he tells them, you guys just forget the past. Now I'm getting ready to do a new thing. And I want you to note that the energy and the strength and the power for the new thing that God's going to do, it doesn't come from them. And it's not going to come from you. It's going to come from him. And God desires that it would be that way in our lives, that He wants to be the strength. Uh, so many of us, we want to do it ourselves. We, we can struggle with this. Some of us are prideful, and we want to do it in our own strength. Uh, anybody here that's tried to do anything in your own strength, the one thing I can guarantee you is that you failed eventually, and it's difficult when we try to do God's work in our own strength. Even any, anything, if you try to overcome sin in your own strength, you're going to exhaust yourself and then fail. If you try to do ministry in your own strength, it's going to be impossible and discouraging, um, and you're going to be defeated. God hasn't created us to do it in our own strength. He wants us to lean on Him. He wants the strength to do the work to come from Him. The Bible says when we are weak, He is what? Strong. So then when I'm strong, God's like, go ahead then, you know. Uh, my youngest son, he's 13 now, but uh, when he was small, uh, this kid, he, he thinks he's swole, you know. Uh, when I say he thinks he's just a muscle man, he's just a little bitty dude. But uh, when he was little, I would go get the groceries and, Dad, I can help, you know. And I'm like, well, come on, man. And I would try to give him a little bag of bread or something, something I know he can handle. He's like, Dad, I can get the gallons of milk, you know. And I'm like, well, go ahead, man. And he, he, I know he couldn't do it. He was a little bitty guy. But I would let him go ahead and try it. He would pick up these gallons and he would get a couple steps. And then he would finally have to sit them down. And I said, okay, now I'll go grab the bag of bread I told you to get. And uh, sometimes with us, right, the Lord is like, as long as you think you can do it in your own strength, I'm going to let you go ahead and do that until you're exhausted, until you realize you can't. And then I got something to work with. And maybe for some of you, as you come to the end of a year, you realize, I can't do this in my own strength. Praise God. Praise God if you recognize that you can't because that's where God will begin to do His greatest work in your life when you realize, I can't, and I need you, Lord. I need it to be your strength. I need your power to be made real in my life. Um, I, had, um, I had the vision to plant our church 
more than, it was more than 10 years before anything even started happening towards doing the church. God gave me a vision. I was on the phone praying with a friend of mine and we got off the phone and I stayed there praying and God gave me a vision. He showed me that I was pastoring this church in Inglewood. At the time, I wasn't even a pastor, but uh, I just saw that I was doing it and I, I knew it was a vision. I knew it was from the Lord and it was, it began to be something I would try to pursue in my own strength. And so f- over the years, there was three different times where I started a home study trying to make this thing come to pass that God had showed me. And I tried, did one home study and, you know, it, it was, it just struggled. It was sad. And it, it was in our apartment and I had one guy come with eight kids. We didn't have no childcare. I'm like, one adult, like, can you leave all your kids at home? Are you serious? You know, and it just, it just didn't work out, you know? So we stopped that one. And then I had another one that went for a while and then it was at my mom's house. She wasn't saved. And so it did, she wasn't saved yet. So that just didn't work out. You know, I showed up one week and she said, I don't want those people in my house today. And I'm like, well, mom, I can't call them. And she's like, well, I don't want them in my house. And then was, that was the end of that one. Third time, I thought, man, this is it. 2005, we had a home study going in Inglewood. And I thought, this is the church right here. It's banging. I mean, it was a little bitty place, but it was packed. You know, when you got to, you know, when you can pack out a place, you know, even though it was a small place, it just looked good, you know. And I remember I would go every week and I thought, this is it. This is, feels like God's doing the work here. And I see people coming. I was all excited. The problem was, at the same time, I was, past, I was a youth pastor at another church, and I was doing this on Thursday nights. I was going to Inglewood to do this home study. And when I tell you, I, my heart was so excited that all my prayer life, all my passion, all my everything was going into Thursday night in Inglewood. That's what I lived for. And then I was doing the church was kind of on autopilot, really. And so it was going so great. I thought it was going to become a church. And in a matter of three weeks, it got it's got the, the lady whose house it was in, she had some things going with her and we couldn't do it there anymore. And I had nowhere to take the people and it just ended. And I was completely just disappointed. Um, I won't say I was depressed, but I was, I was bummed out. And so the, the following Thursday, because we weren't having the study because it was over, I drove over to Inglewood where it would be. And I remember I parked in my car and I, I, I just kind of, I didn't have a pity party, but I was telling the Lord, like, God, why did you give me this vision? And every time I try to do it, you don't bless it. And I said, God, just, just take it back. Like, I, I get to serve at the church I'm already at. I will give this vision back to you, and I'll just go on about my life like you never showed me that, because I keep trying to do it, and you keep not blessing it. And God gave me two words as I sat in my car that night. He rebuked me, and he encouraged me. He gave me both. And I walked in those things, and I want to share them with you. The first thing he spoke to me was this. God said that, that what I have for you next will be born out of your faithfulness to what you have right now, that I bless faithfulness. You have a youth ministry where there are kids that show up every week looking for you to be at your best to minister to them, and that's on autopilot. That's why I'm not blessing this. You're not going to be unfaithful to what you have and hope that I give you the next thing. What I have for you next will be born out of your faithfulness to what you have now. And so you go back to those kids and you pour into them everything you got. You be faithful to the youth ministry that you have. That was the rebuke. The Lord said, you aren't being faithful where you are. Don't look for nothing else. God honors faithfulness. And maybe it's a word for some of you. Maybe some of you want the next thing and you got something in your hand right now. Well, be faithful with that. Be faithful with your family. Be faithful with the little things. 
Be faithful with whatever you have, knowing that God's, God doesn't bless giftedness or talent. God blesses faithfulness. And the cool thing with faithfulness is everybody has the capacity to be faithful. Everybody can't be as talented or gifted as another person, but everybody can be faithful with what God has given them. Amen? The second word he gave me was this. I, I kept acting like it was my burden to bring this vision to pass. God, you showed it to me, so I'm trying really hard, and I'm putting forth all this effort, and, and then you don't bless it, and I feel exhausted and worn out. And God said, you keep acting like it's your burden. And that was the Lord showed me there that it was, it was not, the burden was not on me to bring his word to pass. If it was indeed his word, then the burden's on him to bring his word to pass. And he took me to Abram. And God said, I told Abram I was going to give him a son, and that through this son, all the nations were going to be blessed. And then Abram went and, and got all impatient and tried to make it happen. And he probably stressed out Sarai, are you pregnant yet? You pregnant yet? You know, and she said, well, just take my handmaiden and forget, stop asking me. You know, and he, and he went in here, okay. He went into her handmaiden and he made Ishmael. And God said, that's, that's, not, that's not the child of promise. That's not what I promised. That's not what I said I was going to do. And so they tried to help God out. They made a mess. And God did it when he was good and ready. When Sarai was too old, when Abram was too old, when everything that was necessary was broke, and I'll be safe on Sunday morning, I'll see little folks in the room. Um, but y'all know, when everything, when it was going to take multiple miracles, God said he did it then. And God was faithful to his word in his time. Amen? And so that was another word from the Lord. The burden is not on you, it's on him. It took the weight off of me, right? God tells him here, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. The burden's not on you. You just need to walk with me. I do the work. I do the heavy lifting. His yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. So if you're overwhelmed, you might need to sit before the Lord and say, God, why am I overwhelmed? What have I picked up that's not from you? What am I doing in my own strength that I feel so crushed under the weight of it? Because your yoke is easy and your burden is, and that don't mean, when God says my yoke is easy and my burden is light, you might be doing a whole lot. But if you're doing it in his strength, it's like light lifting. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I've seen men and women doing great works, accomplishing great things in the strength of the Lord. And there's a grace about how they do so. And so God tells Abram that, you know, you know this is what I'm going to do. And God eventually did it like he said. God tells us in Philippians 2.13, he says, for God bless you. He says, he says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God says, I'm the one that works in you to want to do the right thing, to will to do, and then to be able to do it. I, I do both of those things. So any of you guys that got saved and you started wanting to do right things, God says, I did that. You didn't want to do that before you met me. Right? I made you want to do the right thing. And then when you want to do the right thing, you're asking me to help you. God said, then I give you the power to be able to do it. So he gets all the glory for that. It all goes back to Jesus. Everything goes back to him. God, without you, I don't want to do right. And I, can't, I don't have the power to do right. But in you, I want to do the right things. And you give me the power that I don't have apart from you to do the right thing. Um, so what it does to all of us, it brings us to a place as we want to find ourselves just dependent upon the Lord in a new way. Uh, we want to be surrendered and submissive to him, just yielded to him. And so maybe you're a go-getter. Maybe you're someone that just, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all this new year. I'm going to just challenge you to lay that down 
uh, you know, you're getting ready to run out there and fail again, that, that you would just, you would find yourself in this new year just yielded to your Lord like you never have before. Just yield to God. God, have your way in my life. I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to ask you to empower me. I'm going to ask you to strengthen me. I'm going to ask you to direct my steps. I'm going to just give myself to you afresh every single day and see what you do with my life. Um, I believe that God will be glorified through that as we, we live our lives out in that way. Now look at verse 21. He says, this people I have, I have formed for, my, for myself, they shall declare my praise. Um, and here God says, look, I, I made these people, the Israelites, I made them for myself. And this is what he wants. I want them to declare my praise, that they shall declare my praise. And I would just say this, that the, the greatest use of your life, your life is never any more useful, pleasing to the Lord than when it's, it's glorifying Him, right? The, the, the best function, the best use of this life is that it would be used to, to bring glory to the Lord. God says, I, I want them to praise me, right? When God has you and I in a place where where our focus is upon Him, we're acknowledging Him for who He is, we're, we're praising Him, we're, we're acknowledging the greatness of Jesus, the smallness of ourselves and the greatness of our God. That's the best place for us. Um, when you think of, not, just, not in the sense of just singing praises, but just a genuine place in my heart where I've elevated Christ above everything else, I really hold Him in high esteem. That may manifest in praise and in worship, but it's got to start in a real place in my heart where I hold Christ up above everything. That's when I'm in the best position before the Lord. Uh, that's where I'm in that place where God wants me to be before Him. And so consider that about your life, right? If you look at your life seven days a week, 24 hours a day, how much of what you do day to day really matters to the Lord? How much of what goes on in your life is really about bringing Him glory? Um, and I would challenge you to consider because some people make the mistake of spending too much of their lives on that which doesn't matter, right? There are things that don't matter, I believe, don't matter to the Lord. And if you major in the things that don't matter and minor in the things that do matter, you're, you're, you're not being a good steward of your life. God wants to get glory from your life. God has given everybody in this room gifts, talents, abilities, there's spiritual giftings, there's natural abilities, there are things that God enable you to do better than other people. And God says, all that stuff can be done in such a way that it, it brings glory to me, right? The Bible says you can do your good deeds before men in such a way that they would see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who's in heaven. Your life is never more useful than when it's bringing glory to the Lord. And so that's something for you to consider. Right? God tells them here, like, I'm going to do this in your life. I'm going to forget the former things. I watched that in the past. I'm going to do a new work. I'm going to bring forth these things in your life that the end result would be that these people that I have formed for myself, that they shall declare my praise. And I've often thought about this, you guys, that when you look in the Bible, like, um, if you think about this, what is something that we know God wants or is looking for, right? He doesn't really want things, Right? He owns a cattle on a thousand hill, all the silver, all the gold. You really can't give God anything. You know, the one thing that God wants that he doesn't have by default is your praise, your adoration, your surrender, your submission, your faithfulness to him. And that's what he's looking for. If you write notes over in 2 Chronicles 
chapter 16, verse 9, it says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, that's mean back and forth, throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Guys, I'm searching out hearts that are loyal to me. May he find in us, you guys. May he find in us and in this room people whose hearts are loyal to him. He says, I'm looking for that. Over in John 4, Jesus was ministering to the Samaritan woman at the well and ministering to her about spiritual things. You know, they, they talked about a time when people are going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And you know what Jesus said? He said, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. He's looking for people that worship him in spirit and according to his truth. There'd be a genuineness about the worship that comes from the people of God. And so I would encourage you, even as a, a goal for the new year, that that would be something. God, I, wanna, I want you to get more glory out of my life this year than last year. Show me how to do that. Show me how to live in such a way that more of my life is about you. More of what I do is for your glory. And let that be part of what you think about as you make decisions. God, will this glorify you? You'll be a better husband, wife, parent, friend. You'll be a better member of this church when your mindset says, God, I'm, I'm making my decisions based on what will glorify you best. That means you're going to be forgiving some people because it'll just glorify you better if I forgive them and let that go. You, and it will, it will glorify him. God, it'll glorify you more if, if I serve in this way instead of not serving in this. God, it'll glorify you better if I love my wife like this. God, it'll glorify you best if I make this available to my kids. If you let that be your decision-making process, God, do you, how much glory would you get out of this? God, to be pleased. God, to be honored. God, to get glory. Your life will be more meaningful and, and where it matters if you live for the glory of the Lord. Amen? I would also challenge you to consider what in your life robs God of his glory, right? Maybe you're a prideful person and you take all the glory for yourself. People ask you, how did you, how did you get to this place? And you could tell them all that you did to get there. Well, you know, I went to school. I put my boots up by the bootstraps and, and you got all, you know, you just tell the, the telltale all you did to get what you got. That's you. You can repent of that this morning. Stop telling them tales that you ain't nothing without him. I don't care where you went to school. And you make sure you give him the glory for what he's done. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Amen? And so as we close this out, I want to give you six closing thoughts. Our title was Out With The Old. And I want to give you these thoughts, things to consider as we move out of one year and into the next. Number one, I would encourage you to leave the past in the past. Leave the past in the past. That might be positive or negative things. It might be failure and sin and things that God's forgiven that don't live in condemnation about what God has washed in the blood of Christ. Leave the past in the past. It might be success. Don't be living in the success of 15 years ago today. Let the Lord do some new things today. So we're going to leave the past in the past, and our focus is not backwards, but it's going to be forward. Amen? Number two, look back only to remember God's faithfulness or to assess your own progress. So if you are looking back, it's just to draw strength. And so here's the example. When David was getting ready to fight Goliath, who nobody else wanted to take on, and Saul sought to discourage David because he was a little guy. And, you know, you know uh, he said, this guy has been a warrior your lifetime. And David said, look, bro, um, that paraphrase. He said, look, bro, he says, when I was watching my dad's sheep, you know, I killed a bear with my bare hands. 
right? And then a lion came out, and I killed a lion with my bare hands. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of those. And what David did was say, look, there been, in my past, there have been times where I needed God to show up, and He showed up. And I believe God will show up here too. And He drew on God's past faithfulness for His present battle. And if you're going to look back, you look back like that. I'm going to draw strength from what the Lord has done in the past to, to look to what my new battle in the future. Number three, receive God's forgiveness for past failures. Just receive it. And if you're here today, I've put this out a few times, but if you're here today and you don't know the Lord in the way of forgiveness of your sins and salvation, then today, please don't leave this place without surrendering your heart to the Lord. And He's made it so available. The Bible says that He died on the cross to take all your sins. He took all your sins, shame, guilt, and penalty upon Himself. He's already died and paid the price in full. He rose from the grave and conquered sin, death, and Satan. And God says, for you to take advantage of what I've done for you, that you would confess me as Lord, that you would believe in me with all your heart. Confess the Lord. Confess Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And God says, you'll be saved. If you need to be forgiven, you need to be saved today. That is your greatest need. You need that more than you need anything else. There's a question mark. If you don't know for a fact, if you die today, you're going to heaven, then you need to, you need to deal with that today. You need to just say, Lord, forgive me today. Receive me today. I want to be your kid today. And he will take you. God doesn't turn anybody away. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that includes you. And so I want to encourage anybody here, if that's your need, that you would, we would deal with that today. You would, you would surrender your heart to Him in that way. Number four, that you would allow Him to be your strength moving forward. God doesn't want you or me going forth in our own strength, but He wants us to let Him be our strength. When we are weak, He is what? He's strong. And so we're not trying to be strong in our own flesh but we're yielding to the Lord. We're saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Give me your strength to be the man or the woman, uh, whichever the case is, that you want me to be. But I know I need help from you. And so in your daily prayer, you're praying for his strength in place of your weakness. Number five, that we would listen to his voice with fresh ears for what he wants to accomplish in this current season of our life. And so God may have spoken things in the past, but what's God speaking today that you would be listening with fresh ears? And I would encourage you guys, as the church has the Bible reading plan, that you guys would commit to that over the year. So there's a daily taking in of God's living word that he might be speaking to you every single day anew and afresh. And number six, lastly, that we would be big on the things that glorify God and small on everything else. Be big on the things that glorify God. The things that glorify God, let that be the priority. And if there's some little side things, little hobbies, let that be the small stuff. Let that be, let that be a minute piece of your life. But let, let, be big on the things that glorify God. Be a good steward of your life and the time that God has given you on this earth. Amen? And so we're going to close in prayer right now. And I, I do want to just give an opportunity. I want to just give opportunity. There's anybody here that needs to receive the Lord. I want to extend prayer for that. And so would you guys pray with me right now? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for loving us the way that you do. Uh, Lord, thank you for bringing us through this year and preparing us to walk into the next. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, just the opportunity for new life and beginning new that you provide us. And God, I pray you'd help us to walk, to move forward in newness. Thank you that you are willing to forgive and cleanse and renew and restore as we need it. 
God, I pray for each person that whatever we've heard from you today, that, Lord, you would give us strength to walk in what it is that you've shown us. God, I pray if there are any people here today that their need is to surrender to you, they need to be saved. I pray that uh, you would draw them to yourself or make yourself known to them. Draw them to you. Give them boldness to just to step out and receive all that you are making available through your son. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I, I want to We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.